This episode was recorded on February 28th, 2021. Our topic for today, insurance tech. All right, Johnny, let's get right into our main topic for today. So today we're going to be talking about the insurance industry. Johnny, are you aware of just how large the insurance industry is in America alone? Uh, I was not until this episode, Michael. All right. Well, for a sense of size and scale, the American insurance industry in 2019, uh, you, uh, users, ha, ha, ha users of the industry as I talk about it as if it's a as if it's a product uh what would you call it in people who pay into the insurance industry buyers of insurance buyers everybody yes uh, the the forced population Mm -hmm. that must have insurance I mean Uh, society kind of forces you to get insurance yes exactly we'll talk about that the forced population that needs to get insurance paid 1.3 trillion dollars in premiums in 2019 Johnny Wait, how much is student debt? Like 1.7, 1.3, 1.7, somewhere around there? 1.6, 1.7. So insurance, wow. Yeah, so Americans could pay off everyone's student debt if they just, if insurance companies just gave everyone a free year. I'm not even kidding about that. Literally, if insurance gave everyone a free year, <laughs> there would be yes. rampant insurance fraud, mind you, if that happened. And we'll talk about insurance fraud in this episode as well. But. But, but I mean, sorry, just, just to add to that, right? Coming off of our SoFi episode where we did a quick overview of the loan, the student uh, loan crisis, if you will, mm-hmm. in the United States and how, how it's grown more than 5X since the 90s, right? To what it is now from what, 300 billion to now 1.7 trillion and mm-hmm. insurance premiums is 1.3. Wow. Yeah, it's grown that big and insurance premiums haven't changed in terms of just being still huge. If anything, people are now paying less for insurance premiums as companies start to uh, start to come in and compete on costs far more. So, so there's hope for the companies recovering today then? Uh, maybe, maybe, maybe not. Anyways, so we talk about the insurance industry because it's also not a very well-liked industry. I believe one of the founders uh, that we'll talk about in this particular uh, in this particular episode, always talk about the insurance industry. He says that, hey, if you were to try to create an industry that was to actively bring out the worst in human psychology, probably look something like insurance. Uh, what with the dueling uh, motivations, if you will, between insurer and insuree, the ideas of the insurance fraud, the lies, the rampant gaming that always tries to happen throughout these things, the adversarial relationships, Brings out the worst in people. Of course, his brain bring out the worst in people for centuries and centuries and centuries. So just in America alone, the top 10 home insurance providers have an average of 104 years of company history each. So a veritable millennium of being in business. Century. Just between the top century. Oh, yes, yes, yes. No, millennium. Millennium. Yeah, yeah. 10, 10 times, 10 times 100, Johnny. 10 times 100. So yes, Johnny, it is this industry of which we are going to be talking about some up-and-coming disruptors, specifically Lemonade, Metromile, and Root. We'll talk about what they are as a company, some important founders, and uh, or rather who their founders are, when they were founded, 
bit about them. We'll talk about their products, their differentiating factors, and where they get their money. And finally, we'll talk about their keys to success and whether or not we think there's a future for these upstart insurance tech companies. Finally, of course, we'll give a rich tech, poor tech analysis of all of them. All right, so the first company we'll talk about is Lemonade. Lemonade was founded in 2015. It is a home and renter's insurance company. Its founders were uh, Daniel Schreiber, who's the CEO, who uh, himself is a former lawyer, uh, Cy Winninger, who is the co-founder of Fiverr, uh, Ty Sogolo, who is a former AIG underwriter, head of everything. He's basically just a vet over AIG. And in 2017, they brought on Dan Ariely, who is the Duke Professor of Behavioral Economics and Psychology. Their mission is to transform insurance from a necessary evil into a social good. Uh, they are a publicly traded company with a market cap of about $7.56 billion as of last Friday. The stock has actually grown quite a bit since going public last year. They went up 56% in the past year alone. And before they went public, they got funding both from Google Ventures and from a company we've talked about before, SoftBank. They're currently unprofitable, uh, but they're on track to keep their net gross losses down and, and to make that more steady. They're, they say they're, quote unquote, on track. All right, Johnny. So that's Lemonade. But you also looked up MetroMile and Root. So why don't we give up a, a quick intro of those companies as well? Absolutely. All right. MetroMile is a San Francisco-based company that offers pay-per-mile car insurance, licenses a digital insurance platform to insurance companies around the world, and provides a digitally native offering featuring smart driving features, automated claims, and vehicle information. That's quite a mouthful. Uh, basically, it's a car insurance for the 21st century. I was going to say, it provides car insurance offerings. Yes. There you insures go. your there car. You. Yes. It was founded in 2011 by David Friedberg and Steve Pretre. Uh, David Friedberg, based on his LinkedIn, is a serial entrepreneur who's founded several different companies. One of them was actually bought by Monsanto in 2013. And uh, yeah, he's... He has now another company that he's running, uh, an investment foundry uh, that he's been running since 2016. Um, but yeah, his background is investment banking and he was working at Google in the corporate development and business product manager. Uh, Steve Pretry had a product management background and he was actually the first CEO of Metro Mile, but stepped down uh, three years later um, in February, 2014. And since then he's been a board member, startup advisor and investor. And currently, he works at uh, the World Innovation Lab. They're about, I think they've gone public as, as we speak in this month, February 2021, or they're about to this quarter through a reverse merger deal with a SPAC company. Um, but in terms of, oh yeah, right, in terms of how much they made. So the last number I, I found was that they made $140 million. I'm sure we'll have more information probably in next quarter when they report earnings. And they have 230 employees. They were heavily impacted by COVID. And uh, as of right now, they have a market cap of $1.90 billion. Awesome. Awesome. So that's Metro Mile for us, another company of a fair size about to go public. What about uh, Root? Root has also been public. Yes. So moving to our last company is Root Insurance Company. It provides car insurance to drivers in over 30 U.S. states. It's headquartered in Columbia, Ohio, and it was 
founded by Alex Tim, who's a CEO, and Dan Munges, who's a CTO on March 2015, so about a five-year-old company. <clears throat> As of 2020, it had revenues of $294 million. Uh, it has over 900 employees. And its market cap as of Friday, February 26, 2021, is about $3.38 billion, about half of the $6 billion uh, it was worth when it uh, debuted. And it's, uh, as I mentioned, available in 30 states and expanding. Uh, their whole pitch is that through data and technology, we base rates primarily on how people actually drive. And therefore, we provide a more fair, more personal, and much simpler experience than the establishment. So funding. So these guys raised $527 million over five rounds, series A all the way through E, from eight investors. Um, they IPO'd on October 2020, raising another $724 million as part of the IPO, which was actually the largest IPO in Ohio's history. In terms of how they make their money, they are actually no different than traditional insurance providers. They charge customers a monthly premium, which is also the same as what Metro Mile does. Interesting. Interesting. All right, then. So that's a little bit about the companies. Now let's talk about what they individually do. All right. So let's talk about the product offerings that uh, Lemonade provides. So I wasn't kidding about the mobile first. Lemonade is all about a mobile first experience. So they're, they're an insurance carrier. Their actual underwriting used to come from Lloyd's of London. And they have a very interesting business model in which they'll take a 25% fee for all the money brought in. They'll reserve 75% for claims and the unpaid claims at the end of the year, instead of just going to profit, which is what most of the insurance companies will take it as, they will go instead donate that to charities of their individual user's choice. So in 2019, they gave back some $600,000 as a result of that. In terms of the actual product, they are a chat-like interface. And, and Johnny, when I, when I was doing this research, I said, okay, we figured out where all the chatbots went to. They went to customer service and insurance tech companies. So within a few minutes, you can help set up an insurance uh, policy for yourself, uh, which is usually some dollars cheaper per month than competing companies. And their whole thing is within three minutes, you can file a claim and within three seconds, a claim can be approved. And the key thing that they talk about themselves is they're built on a quote unquote digital substrate. So what does that mean? Uh, they collect a whole bunch of data from you. They say they collect a hundred X more data than typical paper insurance companies, if you will, from their, from their customers. And that uh, in a nutshell is basically the, the lemonade product offering in itself. And now if we transpose that over to the auto industry, I feel with a little bit of, with a little bit of extra hardware, that's basically the model of MetroMile and Root. Is that true, Johnny? MetroMile uh, actually has a device. So they're not mobile Ooh. first. Right. Well, I guess they are mobile because it is a mobile it's device. It's a mobile device. That device by definition moves. That's true. It's not a desktop that you lunge around, yeah? Um. Yes. So they have a device that you connect to your car and it's called the Metro Mile Pulse. And uh, they're, if you will, they're the oldest of these companies having been founded in 2011. And their contribution, if you will, to the industry or to, to the space is that they 
have this pay per mile insurance, right? So it's a usage-based insurance where the user pays a base rate along with a fixed rate per limit. I don't know if this is quite right, but this is the example. So say you pay a base rate of $30 and then you have a per mile rate of 3.2 cents per mile. You know, Metro Mile claims that they can save 47% on average compared to their previous insurer, right? And so um, Metro Mile is credited for disrupting some of the inefficiencies of the auto insurance business model, uh, specifically how consumers are, are charged, right? By again, moving to this pay per mile insurance. Um, yeah, so that is a little bit about Metro Mile. Root, I, I told you I had to wait a little longer for the mobile first. Root is the true mobile first approach. They don't depend on such devices like the MetroMile Pulse. Who needs that when you have such a sophisticated device that you carry around you, which is called a phone. Phone. I see. It has sensors, all I that good stuff. So it stalks you on your phone. I mean, technically, they probably all stalk you in some way or another. They need to know where well, you're going and how much or how far you've gone, right? And how fast right. you're going. But yes, good point. that's correct. That's correct. Um, so just building on this quick background is that actual, excuse me, Alex leveraged his you know, actual experiences in the insurance space and saw this. And hence, these guys are mobile first. And you know, from what I saw of their, of their, of their website, their product, they're really bringing that same design first, you know, that Airbnb design that we mentioned, 21st century mentality to what I'll call an Asian industry. Um, and so here people are trading privacy for, for benefits, right? Um, and it is similar to Metro Mile usage-based auto insurance, right? Um, I'll just speak a little bit about how they onboard uh, customers. So a user signs up for the service, then they're prompted to download the app. And the app runs in the background uh, for a few weeks and the user conducts just you know test drives with their car, right? So just you install the app and you go about your day for a few weeks and the app is just tracking your behavior, right? How do you drive? Um, what are your, your driving patterns? And after that- Who are you texting? What websites are you going on? <laughs> the biggest difference from them, from the industry to them is, on that is that your driving uh, a pattern plays a much larger role in determining the rate with rate with root uh, insurance, right? Again, the need for them to track you through, through uh, your mobile phone. Right. So they do include all the typical factors other insurance companies consider, right? Age, zip code, marital status, so on and so forth. But uh, they also, but again, the driving pattern has a bigger role. The other thing is that they target good drivers, right? Mm -hmm. um, so that they can provide lower. Yeah. So this is one of the things that they advertise. They advertise that they only insure good drivers in order to keep premiums lower than other insurance companies. I was going to say, that's an easy way to keep your costs down. Yeah. You know, like I said, it's the, it's a Henry approach, right. Of uh, that SoFi uh, followed, right. Root insurance is committed to removing credit scoring from our car insurance pricing model by 2025. Hmm. That's interesting. That is interesting. The, the continued the continued idea that everything that the insurance industries or the finance industry that have been built on need to be replaced by data. Well, right. I mean, it was data in the first place I got it there, right? So you mean That's more like point. alternative data? Bigger data. Bi bigger data. data. Yes. Bigger data. data. Speaking yes. of bigger data, let's talk about lemonade. So lemonade is interesting. Um, 
I talked about their interesting business model before and the fact that they're registered as a B Corp. It is a further differentiator, right? Do is you it buy not? It? Listen, I don't need to buy it, right? Clearly their customers are buying it and the market is responding to that. That's really what mm-hmm. it, this is, this show is about. I right? mean, they Us are the analyzing the market. market cap company of all of these, right? No, and, exactly. at the, so, and at the less, least revenue? I think, yeah, that, that too, um, ironically. But uh, so I'd say this, this, this speaks to, if you will, our generation, right? Where mm-hmm. you have this newer, younger group of consumers that are- Conscious, um, quote unquote. That are what? Conscious, quote unquote. Yeah, they're conscious about the they, environment, they're conscious woke. of the world. These are woke and, insurance buyers, Johnny. Yeah, I mean, yeah, exactly, right? So you can definitely, um, this can definitely be a more attractive play to the younger generation that this resonates with, right? Because let me quickly the younger add to that. This younger see... generation is also antisocial. It doesn't like to talk to people. So this whole chatbot interface exactly. that we thought right. that we thought was dead 10 years ago, where we were like, oh, oh what happened yeah. to this blip of chat box? No, they didn't die. They just all went to insurance tech, apparently. Exactly. Exactly. So um, no, I think again, right? It, it further differentiates them from their from their uh, competition and it signals to their customer base or their potential customer base of what kind of, you know, this is a value-driven, mission-driven company. And actually, I think let's, this is a natural transition point. Let's talk, about, let's talk about what we feel about the future of these companies. Yeah, so let's talk about where we think these companies are going because as we established, the top 10 home insurance are 100 years old car insurance companies like 50, 60 years old. None of these companies are even anywhere near that. They're a 10th of that at the most. Where do we feel these companies are going? So, so Michael, I mean, I can tell you one thing they're not going. Mm-hmm. You, they're not gonna become Michael's insurers. No, because actually that's a good point that we're calling out when we talked about this. Um, thus far, all of the coverages, and this was something that we wanted to talk about too, I believe right now the total coverages for the same price. These are cheaper. These are value insurers, but also at a lower total coverage. The base is comparable, but the total is not. So, for example, take car insurance. I remember I looked at Metro Mile versus like uh, perhaps a Geico or an Allstate, and while the premiums were lesser, the total collision, accidental, and all these things added together would have put it more expensive if I wanted a if I wanted a plan to directly compete against Geico and Allstate. And same thing with uh, what's it called? And same thing with lemonade compared to your other home and renters insurance policies. So two things bring to my mind on that one. One is yes, these are challenger uh, insurers, if you will. They're not going to be able to offer the same amount that these larger insurance companies have with hundreds of years, if not at least decades of uh of experience and of partnerships but another thing came to my mind johnny which is how much insurance do you actually need versus how much has the insurance industry convinced people they need well we can model this uh no right but but hold on i i can not even model we see the revenues brought in by these big insurance so before we started the show we looked at Allstate, we looked at uh progressive we looked at travelers we saw their market cap yeah, those market those companies are 10x the size of each of these companies. And these companies get the insurance yeah. bump and the tech bump, each of these. For, yeah, I mean, so who is it that we actually saw who's it was an alt state we could see, progressive, and one more. But yeah, they were worth it was travelers. From, all state travelers, travelers, right? And then they were all 30, 30, 
30, 50, mid 30 and 30, 50, 50, 30. 50 billion dollars, right? Yeah. So multi-billion dollar businesses in the tens of billions is what yeah, they're so, worth. The- so we can look at the total revenues. We know that they're taking profits from unpaid premiums. So by definition, how much insurance you need is far less than how much insurance the insurance companies are telling you you need. Correct. So maybe this is, maybe then the argument goes that the Lemonade, the Metro Mile and the Rue are sufficient enough coverage for potentially a majority of people. Right. And they tell you, for example, like car insurance, don't they tell you somewhere around have like 10,000 or like 50,000 in coverage where the average car is like 20,000? Yep. Yep. And then you drive it off the lot. Your car is not even worth 20,000 anymore. So how much are you really going to pay in damages? It's the, it's the cost of replacement of a car that's more expensive than the car you're going to hit. Yes. Correct. Well, yeah, you know, don't hit, uh, uh, that's a, that's the unfortunate thing of, of, of living next to like rich neighborhoods. You end up mm-hmm. potentially crashing into the Ferraris and the Bugatti. They also the could Lambos. end up crashing into you. Yeah, but I don't mind if they pay me. <laughs> but no, no, your coverage, right, in the auto insurance, your coverage for yourself versus your coverage for a car that hits or that you may hit is bought separately uh, within the same right. plan. But yeah, that's something that crossed my mind, which is all of these provide a lesser service right now or a lesser total coverage right now. But do you think that that coverage is actually sufficient for people to come on enough in droves uh, such that they can reach a sustainability and so that they can start taking over uh, with their next differentiating factor, which is just all of the data that they have about the user far more than typical insurance companies will ever collect about you? I, I, I think I, to me, there's Root's challenge, you know, talking about these specific companies, Root's challenge is that not everyone is, people are only willing to give so much privacy up for certain benefit. We've discussed this before in like our Google Maps episode last year about, you know, how much, uh, uh, what's, how much value are you, is a service providing you you know, versus how much privacy you're willing to give up, right? And so in, in, a, in a survey that they did, they found that most people just drew the line on location. They just did not, location is so private to them, right? But they did not want to be continuously monitored on their location, right? though despite a lot of times our apps still and our phones still doing that, they didn't want this to be part of the their insurance, right? So Ruth's challenge is that, right? How do they balance that, hey, this is the nature of our business, which is you don't install anything. It's very convenient. You just use the device you already have, which is your mobile phone. That's all you need because that's always with you now, right? We're pretty much smartphone obsessed people. And, but at the same time, not everyone wants to give up that much of their privacy in order to save some money, right? See, so Versus like a lemonade or a Metro mile that just tracks your distance, Right. Well, Metro Mile, I, I'm, I'm sure there's other metrics that they collect, but really for their business to run, they just need to know what is the distance you've gone. Right. Well, I'll add. So Lemonade, what they track is very much like what Newbank tracked. So they mm-hmm. redid the entire contract structure and made it more digestible for users, rewrote it. And they look at, do you read the terms of service? Where do you come from? Are you coming from an ad? Are you Did you download the app here? It's like, where are you right now when you did it? It's like they collect all of that different pieces of information at the time 
that you're actually going through the process. Same thing we mentioned Lemonade and Root uh, in terms of being partners of SoFi uh, last week. So it's like, are you coming from one of these partners? Okay, what information can SoFi give us about you? So on and so forth. So what I'm hearing, Johnny, is that some for a company like Root, there is a risk of a creepiness factor in terms of collecting too much information and consistently collecting that information. Right. So here's the other thing I just want to add while talking about kind of the future. So Metromile to me makes sense because the very nature of their business is, hey, we have this device that plugs into your car and we track your usage, your how much you use your car and we charge you based accordingly on that. Right. And then because we're mobile, we're mobile, we're on we're an online service, we don't have physical branches. So a lot of the cost savings from that are translated to cost savings for the user. Right. Is it 47 percent? that they said that uh, on average uh, uh, folks can save on their insurance. But, but then is someone willing to have all that information tracked? I'll put real quickly. I think this actually is why uh, Lemonade goes out of the way to make itself appear not evil. So I'm on, well, I've been on Lemonade's site, but like now I'm going through there. You know, they have this rolling deck of testimonials. I think it looks like tweets from different people. And, and we saw this with Newbeck. Right. If people are so unhappy with an industry or a company or a service, just right. making something right again, that 21st century, that Airbnb inspired design first approach to an app, to an experience. And then as well as decent customer service. Right. Is that enough of a differentiator that people just love it and start joining the service? Right. Because if you look at obviously it's to their interest, but you can see that. People love the process. People love the flexibility, right? Mm-hmm. And how easy it is to get started. How easy it is you don't to have to go start a claim. To yeah, exactly. Claim. And and how little it seems like they don't get a lot of resistance. A much smoother process versus in the traditional sense, you know, the insurance companies are fighting you for this information, that information. It's hectic, right? They're they're banking on not just you getting into an accident or they're, doing they're something happening, but on you. Uh, what's it called? You as no. a claim filer are incentivized to file for more right. than you need, and they're incentivized to give you less. Just by avoiding those, right? I think that's how Lemonade's continuing to position itself as this B Corp, this uh, conscious company, if you will, right? That is, if you have a generation of, I'm going to call them millennials and, and Gen Z to, to, to generalize it here, but if you have a generation of people who start using these services and grow because insurance is a long-term thing, right? You don't just buy insurance now and change it every year, right? And isn't this the more potentially a long-term success model? Let me ask two questions here. What, and this, the first one might be an easy answer, but what, why can't the big companies do this? That's a, thank you. That's actually, (laughs) you asked the question of where I was basically heading, right? Because the idea I was thinking of, or the model I was thinking of was Netflix for a long time. The, the, um, um, the film industry, Hollywood, content creators didn't really think of Netflix as much more than just another distribution channel, right? And then even when Netflix started getting into, think about it, Netflix's first series were starting in 2011, right? Nobody really challenged them. Nobody even thought about it, right? When did Disney Plus come out? 2019? A good eight years later, right? Obviously, Disney Plus has done well. We've covered that. But my point is... Um, I think they're so early that no one's paying enough attention to them. But is this potentially the Netflix model of where 
if they keep going, keep going, and then they get enough of the market or they get enough interest, is it? it's not too late for the bigger companies to respond. I agree with you, right? And they could learn from what, you know, again, has happened in, in, in the, um, you know, with the Netflix story, right? Where some of the companies are now responding, maybe a little too late, maybe just on time, but there's still an opportunity for the larger players to still respond, right? So it's still early in the game, right? So yes, I, I, I think there's nothing stopping them from doing this unless they're, I don't know, not paying attention. But hold on on this. So user experience and chatbots, I can approximate that. Big companies can approximate that. Uh, the compete on prices, you know they can you know they can fight that one. They can they, what's it called? They can starve you out. So what's the differentiating factor that makes these type of new companies survive? What's uh, if we're talking about the future? Let me let me put it this way, Johnny. We mentioned that just to reach a hundred or sorry, 1% of the total premiums. These companies all need to 10 X. Each of them need to 10 X. Um, so actually they need to double then 10 X. They need a 20 X. So Johnny, which of these companies do you believe has the best chance of 20 Xing? And if they do that, what will be the thing that leads them to that? What's the germ of a value add that's unique to these companies? that you believe either themselves or someone else can take and go make into a 20X company. Which at still at that point, I'll point out of the 20X, there's still no threat. They'll have to 200X to be a threat to these other players. Right, right. Based on what we're covering, to me, Lemonade feels like it. It seems like the more, the company leveraging more the, the, the value-driven, mission-driven, um, the less creepy of, of the others. At least definitely less creepy than Root. I'll put it that way. So I firmly believe in the fact that a, the big data portion is a differentiating factor. So I agree with you. I actually don't think the mission means anything. The, uh, the social good side of things. I don't think that's actually a long-term thing that people will go to this company for. Uh, or else Warby Parker would have beaten that, uh, what was I about to say, that eyeglass uh, monopoly that exists in the world that owns like everyone, Oakley and all of them. It's the Italians, man. It's the Italian mafia. You cannot yes. beat the Italian mafia. But yes, uh, no, that's the olive oil industry. But for... For insurance, yes, by definition, it is a model of risk assessment. Okay, that is something that can be taken over by ML. All right, who has the best chance of collecting enough data to make a difference? I think you're right. Root is just too intrusive. It just puts itself out there too much and makes it too obvious what it's doing. And Metro Mile is not collecting enough of it. So if any of these companies have the potential of 200xing, at least of the three, Lemonade has the best chance. My question for you, Johnny, to wrap up Future Outlook, do you believe it will? I mean, okay. So out of the two of us, you're the one that did the research on to Lemonade. So what do you think is missing though? Let's, let's, let's get to that. What, what do you think is missing? So I would say I would agree with you that of these, the largest potential is definitely Lemonade. Will it... 200x effectively is what we're saying. Will they 200x because they collect 100x of the data? I don't know. 
I don't know if this uh, if this data proves itself out. I believe there is a limit to the value of this data. So let me ask you this. If all of these had a more comprehensive, because that's what I picked up from you, your hesitation to why you haven't used any of them. If they had a more comprehensive uh, coverage, which one of these would you go with? So you don't lose root. anything on coverage. I wouldn't go for root have. and I wouldn't go for Metro Mile because I don't want people collecting my information while I'm driving. Ah, I would go for lemonade. You would go because with lemonade, okay. I would go for lemonade because I know Google and Facebook are already taking this data from me <laughs> and Apple. Right, right. And what are they giving you back? Ads. There you go. There you go. That my ad blocker yeah. blocks. Yes. Now I have to con go convince the provincial government of British Columbia to deregulate the car insurance industry so these companies can come in. I can have the equal and opportunity save you money as you. from your yes. three thousand dollar a year car insurance. Yes, yes. For yes. your eight, for your nine year old car. I'm pretty sure my car is is worth less than the insurance I pay for at this point. All right, so let's do our assessment of rich tech and poor tech then. Sorry, Johnny. Let's first talk about the let's talk about our four pillars of rich tech for tech. So we have industry, we have employee, we have incremental user value, and finally we have incremental societal value for each of these four insurance tech companies. Let us start with industry that they're in. Insurance, Johnny. But okay, Johnny, let's uh, it's it is not only rich, it's basically stealing from you. Like I said, it's tax without any of the benefits of taxes. Hence they're wealthy. They're not even rich. They're wealthy. Wealthy with a W. Yeah, like, that's go. like Oprah, Oprah Winfrey versus Bill Gates kind of money is what we're talking about here. This is wealthy. I see. So it's the whole, uh, it's the Chris Rock line. Shaquille O'Neal is rich. The person who signs Shaquille O'Neal's checks is wealthy. That's right. It's, it's so rich, it's wealthy. It's so wealthy, it's basically theft. Isn't that what most wealth is? Just give it like a plus plus in terms of the industry it's in. <laughs> hey, dude, it is so wealthy. You might end up coming, coming on top as rich tech. The just industry just carries it. <laughs> Everything else is dead broke. Uh, but all right, employees, Johnny. Uh, very few. There's very few employees in all of these companies. So if we add it up all together, it's about a thousand. Right, right. A little more so, than that. So maybe 1,500, but that's about how many people we're looking at. So yeah, so about fifteen, about 1,500 uh, employees, all white collar jobs. These, these are actuarial scientists, engineers, claims adjusters, uh, customer software service. developers, right? Web, yeah. web developers, mobile yep. developers, product managers. Yep. All right. So standard tech company, uh, rich in employee. Yes. All right. So let's talk about incremental user value now. Uh, I mean, you know, the, the, the people using it are pretty happy. Seem pretty happy. If you're, listen, if you're, if you, if the, if you're, like I said, right, 2018, Root customers reported, right, that they were saving around a thousand, let's say a thousand dollars per year, you know, that is, that is quite a meaningful. Um, I would say that savings. for societal value. I don't see it for user value. What? I see the other way around. I see the user value being there, but not. You still get insurance, value. Johnny. Huh? Incremental. You still get insurance. Incremental savings is not incremental value. But what if you took that money and invested it? 
than any savings, than any company that saves you a cent would be would be rich, Johnny. It's still the Fair same enough. coverage at the end of the day. Fair enough. Oh, okay. So, so they've changed nothing on values. So user value, poor. Okay. Societal value, on the other hand. This is where your argument can start coming in. That they're changing the value, that they're changing how insurance is done on a societal level. But what, what type of change are we talking about, though? Change to this very industry. Ah, yes, yes, and yes. And yes, so, yes, Lemonade would, in fact, change the very industry of insurance by their model of 75%, uh, what's it called, of their model of give back the profits. Right. So I think this is where, yes, you're right. I would vouch for Lemonade being the one that does this because Metro Mile and, and Rude are not actually changing their business model, right? They're, they're still they're charging the insurance companies. Oh, oh, actually, oh, 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 I got it. Metro Mile and Rude, what you're saying is they're just insurance tech companies. That's it. They're just I mean, insurance companies applying all, tech. There's no different there from... From, right, because Progressive has adopted Metro Miles like plug into your car thing. Yeah, yeah. So, so some of the some of the more established, like exactly when I was reading an article on Rue, they're actually saying like some of the industry, like Progressive, are now starting to do this, allowing you to plug in a device and get a reduced rate. I mean, the savings is not as much as a Rue because again, Rue leverages and like these companies, they leverage their online only. To, you know, they don't have to have physical retail. They don't have that overhead. They pass on those savings, right? So where a progressive can give you like maybe $100 saving, uh, a root can give you $1,000 saving, right? Exactly. So the only one that would actually truly change them would be Lemonade because it's fundamentally a different business model. Yes, correct. That was, that was definitely one of the things that was even mentioned when I was looking at the business models is that the way they make revenue at the end of the day is, um, well, okay, I'll, I will add this uh, that I didn't mention before. So Root, um, <clears throat> Root charges customers a monthly premium. It's no different than traditional insurance. It's just how that is evaluated and that premium is calculated is based right. on your driving pattern as it's, we discussed how yeah, they onboard Root customers. Is an insur- yeah, right. Root is an insurance company using technology. Exactly. Metro, um, Metro Mile, however, um, in 2019, it started its uh, enterprise business. So now it has two revenue streams. But in terms of customers, it charges them the same thing. It charges customers for monthly premiums, just based now on a pay per mile insurance, which means that if you drive less, you pay less, right? That's their what they contributed to the industry. But their, their, their enterprise that they built out is like they're licensing a their SaaS-based platform to legacy uh, insurance guys, right? So they have, I'm just looking for this. Uh, Oh yeah, here, sorry. So yeah, in 2019, they built an enterprise division that offers cloud-based software as a service to large legacy insurers. And so they license components of its platform, including claims automation and fraud detection tools. So MetroMile is actually moving to a place where they're becoming business to business uh, segments as well, right? Which I think is a pretty interesting thing, but I fundamentally, that's not, really changing the industry in terms of from the consumer perspective, right? Right. They're a provider of insurance. They're a provider of in, uh, technological solutions for insurance companies, whereas Lemonade yes. does not appear to be your standard insurance company. Yes. Alrighty then. So will that mean you're getting, would that mean that you give uh, Lemonade and Rich Tech and the other two a poor tech? 
That's correct. Yes. Lemonade would be a rich act again, from, from a societal perspective, uh, the other two would be protect. That's correct. Yes. All right, then. So in that case we have, if we, uh, put it all together. So for all three, we had that, uh, industry of high wealth, incredible wealth. Uh, this should not be, this would not be legal if not for the fact that the people making the laws have made this uh, are the same people who do this. Wait, isn't, uh, this, isn't this effectively like when you look at the legal side of it, isn't it basically like the mafia or the gangs coming up to your it is exactly like, that. hey, you got to pay for protection. No, 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 it's different, Johnny. It's different, Johnny, because when a business does it, it's legal. It is literal extortion. It is literal extortion. So I just want to know how much do they pay the government to put that into law? Because I think the the gangs can learn something here. I would say, no, they didn't pay the government, Johnny. They became the government. They financed the government. Oh, right. Of course. Of course. But yes. Dude, I, yeah. 1.3 trillion. Wow. But yeah, so uh, industry, uh, exceedingly, obscenely wealthy. Uh, then we talk uh, employees, rich. Then we talk incremental user value, poor for all of them. We talk for societal user value, societal value, sorry, incremental societal value is rich for lemonade, poor for the other two. All right, Johnny. So what's your verdict? Let's go one by one. Verdict for lemonade. Okay. So it's three out of four. We're looking at rich. Lemonade is rich. Lemonade what about is the other two, Johnny? Company. So I will say that they're both neutral. Right, two plus, two unsure, neutral, potentially to positive. Potentially, well, no, it's it's. But we it's have to evaluate plus, five years. It's it's two plus plus. It's one plus plus, one plus, one negative, one. Uh, what's it called? One one neutral. Sorry, and one nothing. One, one nothing as well. I mean, I go with the idea, Johnny, that if you're fifty percent, you're not rich. That's true. So in that case, then only of these lemonade is a rich tech company. The other two are not rich tech companies. Uh, that's yeah, that's correct. That's correct. So then, Johnny, any uh, any thoughts, any ideas for these companies? Well, it's it's good that people are working to disrupt this industry, and they're approaching it in different ways. Um, as we've seen through all of these three different companies, uh, they all have their little slight differentiators, um, if you will, right? So, um, no, you know, it's good that uh, the industry as a whole is not resting on its laurel. That's a good point. That's a good point. All right. If that being said, you've been listening to another episode of the Silicon Trail podcast. Have a wonderful week and stay safe out there. Thank you for listening.